They be like, slow up, homie. You talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. We need some fireworks. I'll take it. That'll work. <laughs> what up? It's going down. Another one, but not just another one, Chris. This is episode 100 of the G Splash podcast. You know, we cover all the things movies, comics, TV shows, pizza yep. uh, toppings. Yep, all of it. All Everything. Of it. So all excited. Cannot believe it. Look where we are. Yo. Look at us. Look at us. My mom would be so proud. <laughs> we stuck through. We're seeing something through. Look at it go. Wooey! Yeah! I'm yelling really loud in this mic, and I like it. That's good. You gotta get the energy up. That good feeling. That good vibe. We're back in it. We're back in it. New season, right? New season. Season three. Wow, look at that. Podcasts are funny. Yeah, right? I'm your host, Bradley Baxter, and this is my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Good day. And this is episode 100 of the Dopest Podcast. On Earth. It feels like a lot, and it feels like there should be more. Well, there's lost episodes. We do have an entire lost season. How many episodes was that, were there in that season? I lost count. Somewhere in the 20s, right? They're on a hard drive somewhere. They're gone. They weren't that good, though. They were more testing. Testing one, two. I think our very first episode was on Spider-Man Homecoming. That sounds about right. Wow. Real banger. Real banger. In the basement. Well, If we could only come up with a creative way to do a clip show, that would make sense for us. Let's think on that. That's clever. It's a lot of listening. It's a lot of listening. A lot of hours and a lot of jelly in those donuts. Jelly in them donuts. There it is. There it is. Well, this is episode 100, the centennial, I believe, and uh, an exciting one. Very exciting. Today we're talking all about New York Comic Con oh, as it yeah. was this past weekend. Here's the thing about the uh, G Splash podcast as well, just for anybody tuning in for the first time maybe. Brad and I live on different sides of the country. Brad lives in New York City and yep. I live out in Boise, Idaho. Yep. So uh, we record home the podcast of the every home of the Broncos, baby. Uh, every uh, week we get together on the phone and we record this podcast. It started off as a great way for us to keep in touch and talk about everything nerdy and dorky and freaking pop culture-y. And then all of a sudden we were like, why don't we just record this and see what happens? So we started recording it and now we're 100 episodes in. So, But the cool part is I'm actually in New York this very minute with That's him. That's right. We uh, went to New York Comic Con together. We had full press passes. So we have lots to share with you today. And it's a special episode because uh, we get to record it together. Yeah, this is actually, I think, the... Th- Technically, the third episode. Yep. Because we did. We don't get to do it very much. Every time we get together, we try to smash in as much as we can. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're gonna record like five episodes. Yeah, we're we this, record. We'll get this. We'll do that, and then we get like one. We get one. Because we're always talking about everything, and planning everything out. We want it to be perfect. Plus, we just have a lot of fun. That's true. That helps. Uh, upcoming episodes for season three. We got some really cool stuff. Big one. On Splash Trash Man, we'll be bringing back Katie from Summer Sessions. Ooh, we'll be talking great. the Joker. Oh. my. Which Chris and I saw over the weekend we as sure well, did. and we boy, sure did. do we have a lot to say. Lots to say, but we won't Lots talk about it here. Say. We won't talk about it here. We'll be talking about it on Splash Trash Mia. 
And also on episode 101, we'll be talking about Will Smith versus the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. And Gemini, man. That'd be a good one. Also, later in the season, we will be doing a special 30th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is next year. Yep. It'll be its 30th anniversary. Wow. Well, it means come a Jim long ways. Some big ups, some big downs. In the ser- in that whole series. In the yeah. whole that movie series. is classic. Movies. Oh, yeah. Classic. No matter what you think about the quality. Those, Why'd they move they away from puppets? They still can't get it right. I don't know. They went away. From, well, I guess the third one had some trouble. Let's get some Let's get some puppets in this thing. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's just get into some news because we could talk about planning stuff all day. PlayStation 25th anniversary collection is uh, landed. PlayStation celebrated its 25th anniversary in North America and in Europe uh, back in September, and a wave of merch was released to mark the occasion. It includes everything from T-shirts and notepads and socks and steel mugs, things you don't need but you might want to have. Mm-hmm. The crown jewel, though, is the PlayStation hoodie. You can cop the entire uh, PlayStation anniversary collection. Price ranges from $9.99 to $39.99. Well, that's affordable. Yeah, it's not bad. Not too bad. They could not hit bad. you bigger with that. I saw some of this stuff, and it looked pretty cool. That hoodie is definitely the, the, the bread piece. People want that thing. I'm, su- I'm surprised by this collection not having, like, games in it. Like, there's not, like, a specialty game. There was a specialty console. Well, yeah. But, but it's, like, it'd be cool if there was, like, these were the top ten games like from Bandicoot. that year. Yeah, like, we, we not, you don't need to remaster them. I know they have remastered some of them, and they're in the process of remastering others. Mm-hmm. But, like... Just a fun little like thing could have been cool, whether it was digital or actually in, like a cool case. If it came in like an original play- PlayStation One case with a disc in it, and it had like five or six of the best games loaded on, I would I would have bought you that. You would have preferred beat. maybe instead of a hoodie, like a, a nice little yeah, like a little thing. Like, oh, cool, I got this PlayStation One pack, or like yeah, like a pack of five like disc cases for like I don't know the top five games like Crash that came out. You throw in like a Metal Gear Solid, although I think it was multiple discs, like a lot of the games were back then. What about an original? Fresh out the box PlayStation. That'd be interesting. Because, you know, they try like the minis, the retros, like the. It didn't work. The, the, well, for Nintendo, it crushed. Right. But, but then for Sega and PlayStation, it was kind of like, eh, wah, which is wah, so wah. weird. Yeah. But maybe they're just saying, hey, it's, it's cool. I can't believe it's in 25 years. I mean, I, I was. It was Christmas when I was six that I got my first PlayStation. Jesus, I feel maybe old. Yeah, I was seven. Yeah, I waited a while. But my parents, it was like a big deal. They I remember like, I had cooled. to. This was back when Blockbuster was a thing. You could rent. Yeah, you could. Consoles. I would rent rent the console, and it's like a hundred dollar deposit. Yep. And then you got to play PlayStation for like the weekend. You have all your homies over. And I remember playing NBA Live. Was like everything looked so real because like those discs they were black on the bottom, and they had um they, like uh, they had like videos, which yeah, yeah. video games just really didn't have and cutscenes yeah. and stuff and shit. It was uh, it's oh, it's been crazy. I love what you just said right there about like it looks so real. Like nowadays we watch TV, like there's got to be an apex, right? Like you watch games now on tv you're like holy shit this looks real like how could it get any better but we were saying that in like 98 we were like look at these little freaking block people look could it Lord get more Ross real boobs. and now it's like i can see like the pores on their face like I, it looks like i'm looking into a mirror so i'm sure in 10 maybe in 10 20 yeah, years they'll be mean, like can you believe it can it get better than this right now we're i mean now we're completely judgmental of the way the avengers characters look and oh that. yeah we're like look at the, what the hell who drew these guys we're getting to that for yeah sure. yeah this is a little bit later playstation though. love it but speaking of jokes thank, thank speaking of jokes chris the joker showed up in la uh to a few uh, showtime showings like, per, like premieres, not premieres, or just they were like just actual like showtime random showings. So, Joaquin Phoenix would just like walking into a, a bah, 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 
into a uh, <laughs> into a theater and be like, yeah. "Hey, everybody, what's up?" I thought so. He had to say that movie like multiple times. Yeah, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Phoenix wow. made an appearance before and after select Joker screenings that took place in Los Angeles theaters on Saturday night. Took pictures, spoke with the fans. The surprise cameo from the film star, not surprisingly, received positively by audiences. He said, "I hope you liked it." And he said, "Don't tell me if you didn't. Even if you did, I don't want to know." But thanks so much. Okay. I want to save most of my opinions of of the movie for this splash trash. A lot of people that saw this film over the weekend, that past weekend it launched, a lot of people loved loved it. it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that didn't, that aren't. You know, it's going to be a movie that's going to, I feel like, have a very decisive uh, kind of split down the middle as far as who really enjoyed it and who didn't. I feel like maybe there's not a lot of people that maybe, I don't know, I can't wait to get some some sentiment. Sentiment. I can't wait to get and see like other people's opinions and things. Like I'm trying to talk to the people, but I've been in New York, so we've been so busy at Comic Con. I feel like we we saw it with six people, six of us. We did, yes. We, we all kind of had the same vibe. Yeah. Except now I'm I'm throwing it out there, I'm throwing the sexist beings in 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 the play here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was four dudes, two girls. Mm-hmm. The girls liked it, mm-hmm. and then we thought a, a different opinion. But we all we had the same think, opinion. We also think a lot about. Uh, I'll uh, say I said let me rephrase that. The girls. Thought the same opinion. The dudes thought a different opinion. Yes. So we're, we're, we're split. But the dudes, I also think, are a little more um, in our group. This group, especially, maybe a little more comic savvy, which I have. I think sometimes may have biased how we may have felt on it, but also not. And then as we all talked through it, we ended up be, that we all had the same issues. It was just about walking out saying, "Was that a, a but I think enjoyable we were, movie or not unenjoyable?" Yeah, and I think it we really were, came down. to I that. think after we we did the round table, mm-hmm. really I think chatted. we. We walked away with a movie perspective of like, yes. and we removed the comic book stuff. Great, great breakdown of just this is a film and this is this, but here's the holes and here's where I feel like it did this and here's where I feel like it did was that. Where, here's where we're dancing super dope, around. Like, I know you're listening to this, thinking why are they dancing around? Just telling me it's because we have something called Splash Trash or Meh, where we talk, where there's going to be yeah. a deep dive into this. And uh, Katie's and, amazing at this. Yeah, so we definitely you should stick around uh, and or look for that one to pop up because that's where we really get in deep dives of the films. Yeah. We're just saying we saw it. We have definite opinions on it. If you're someone listening right now and you loved it, then you're going to want to listen. If you're someone that thought it was slow and boring and you didn't really, you thought it was unenjoyable, you're going to love it. Like, we're going to cover the wide spectrum of how you might feel about the Joker. It's going to be a. Or Joker, I should say. No, the. Drop the the. Just Joker. (laughs) Thanks, Timberlake. (laughs) Well, speaking of. Well, be sure to listen to that. That's going to be a banger. Yeah, it's going to be a dope. Dope show. This the dope, dope show. Oh. Speaking of hype and is it real, the Marvel Cinematic Universe Infinity Saga now has a Blu-ray set. Officially called the Infinity Saga Collector's Addiction. Addiction? Or You're addition, gonna be depending addicted on, to it. it well, you, everybody already Once is. Once you start yeah. watching, you can't <laughs> stop watching. The box set includes all 23 MCU films released to this point on 4K and Blu-ray, even though you can't see 4K in real life as well as exclusive bonus discs filled with never-before-seen deleted and extended scenes and more, of course. Uh, Each of the discs are individually packaged in new covers, which can all be held by a special case. In addition to the films, those who purchase the box set will receive an exclusive Matt Ferguson lithograph, a letter from Kevin Feige, and a numbered limited-edition collection featuring the autographs of the original Six Avengers. Holy hell, buckle your belt because your pants are about to shoot off. Yep. Uh, the box set costs $549.99 <gasps> and will arrive on November 15th. But 
you can pre-order that now over at Best Buy. $550. But how much does that cost for the film, each film? What's the math? What's how many the, films are there? 23, plus a bonus disc. It's roughly, it's 20 bucks a movie. So it's pretty normal, right? I mean, but usually when you bundle it yeah. things together, you get a little discount, right? There's got to be some kind of sliding scale. Like, how much would you pay for a Blu-ray of Thor Dark World? 15 cents? You know what I mean? That's like, a great point. I mean, you're getting all this special stuff, but like I, how much I also can't just it's imagine 20, walking into a Best Buy. It's 24 bucks a, a film. Slapping my wallet on the counter and saying, I'll take this for almost $600 at the film. Wow. Can you imagine scratching one of those? Uh, it's it's a bold. I mean, it is an absolute. When they say collector's edition, they mean it because that is like only something that somebody dedicated heavily to the MCU would buy. Especially with, I mean, and maybe I'm on the back end of this. I'm not really sure. There were a couple of booths at, uh, at Comic Con that were still selling this and stuff. But like, you know, I've really ditched the uh, ditched the hardware side yeah. of the world, like for streaming, and especially with Disney Plus coming out, like. How many months of Disney Plus do you get for six hundred dollars the rest of your life? I mean, like, I pay. I'm looking at this thing right now. You should Google it if you're not seeing it. It's pretty cool. I mean, every like you said, everything's in its own special thing. It comes in a big, beautiful box when you put them all in there. It looks like it makes a picture. Like this is the classic thing. But I mean, good lord, you're talking six hundred dollars. So yeah, no, that's I guess what I'm circling around to is like that's why it's a collector's item and only will be a collector's item because yeah, like, if why, you want to watch even... the movies, you can watch the movies on Disney Plus. Yeah, why so you even open that? Yeah, you literally just want to have this box on your shelf and be able to say, hey, there's that thing. And people say, what's in there? And they'll say, oh, Blu-rays. And they'll say, what the fuck's a Blu-ray? Because yeah. all that shit's going to be gone in 15 years. Oh, I've got this movie on Disney Plus for $4 a month. Yeah, S- silly, but also if you're, I mean, you must, but there are people, you know, it's like when they do that, um, we talked about this when uh, Endgame was coming out, how there are people that go and see that Regal Cinema 24 hour or or whatever it is they play all the movies in a row mm-hmm. you buy your ticket for like a hundred bucks and you can come and go as you please and they play every single movie in order yes yeah, you like they AM, play one I in think, order and they play one in order of how how people like the movies like and that's how they sit, did it over there yeah there was one that was in chronological and there was one where basically like the movies that did the best or most well liked would play at peak hours during like the day and evening mm-hmm. and then the ones that people didn't really love would play in the middle of the night yeah, they did the marathon here through AMC. I went. I did say I went, but they let you like pick the movies. Yeah, you're like I'll, I'll go to this one, this one, this one, this one. Like you, you would have to be the person that went and sat and like put in a catheter and like just watched all the movies in a row till your eyes were bleeding. You're the person. That's well, no, like, they, I must own these. <laughs> they did. There, I do remember there being like a five hour break between. It was like because it was like two days, right? There was like a five hour break where they closed the theater. Six hundred dollars is probably a fair price for this, but I don't know why it exists weird thing yeah speaking of the marvel cinematic universe sam jack strikes back samuel jackson shares his sentiments about martin scorsese's recent comments calling the uh, mcu not cinema the critically acclaimed director was doing the promo tour for the much anticipated and chris's plug or uh, push for movie of oscar or what is it film of the year, film of the year yeah I, i'm making an early dark horse pick the irishman and asked about what his thoughts were on the successful franchise and the whole super uh, superhero movie popularity in general. And being one of the most revered filmmakers of all time, his opinion on the matter has caused a slew of conversation amongst fans and peers in the industry. 
Uh, and this is what Sam Jackson said when he was asked about what somebody else said. I mean, it's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films. Everybody doesn't like his stuff either. Everybody's got an opinion, so I mean, it's okay. Ain't going to stop nobody from making no movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting one, this clash that we're seeing. And it's been a conversation for a while, but Scorsese saying this, there's been a lot of other um, more... Well, he was supposed to be on board with... He was supposed to be behind the Joker, or Joker. I mean, but not necessarily in the sense of, like, directing. or not, I don't want to say the word art, but in the world of, like, cinema directors, let's just say there has been this anti-MCU, anti-superhero push because there, there was already a push against blockbuster films coming out and doing this whole big thing, right? But those are going to keep happening because people want to see movies and they want to see big movies. Otherwise, Will Smith won't have a job. Exactly, exactly. Because Gemini Man ain't going to cut it, probably. Um, but I get, I get what Sam Jackson's saying is like, it doesn't matter. Like this films are films they're for people to enjoy. That's why we've always made movies. So people would go and have a good time and enjoy themselves. Right. But on the other side, I get the fact that Marvel movies as good as they are and as good as they can be, can be really a formulaic way of presenting characters and giving action and giving romance and giving emotion Mm -hmm. and then being done. And not to say that it doesn't make them cinema or it doesn't make them art. It just makes them a different kind. It makes them almost like a pop culture kind of cinema. Yeah. Pop cinema. And maybe that's, maybe for Scorsese saying, oh, yeah, everybody wants to make these movies. Who cares? Like, if you like a movie, go see it. It doesn't matter if it's fucking a cartoon or a porno. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get out there and enjoy this. You're cinema. not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, Bugs Bunny ain't funny? Get out of here. Yeah, no, I think there's room for everybody. But I can see it being... You know, now we're getting four Marvel movies. I could see it being a thing of people are people who aren't invested in it or care for that kind of genre. They're probably the ones that are like, oh, another one of these. Another, huh? Fuck, now they're go. Now they push back whatever movie I wanted to see. Yeah, another one of those. They can't make something else. They're busy pumping out these. And it's like, well, yeah, there's also that too. Speaking of movies that nobody else wants to see but us, maybe I don't know. I don't know how the James Bond people fans really are yeah james bond's engine lo- very loyal fans yeah uh bond 25 will fix some of the skyfall stuff apparently why would it fix skyfall things uh naomi harris says no time to die will resolve the story from skyfall and specter but with massive twists the 25th bond- james bond movie overall no time to die will mark daniel craig's fifth and final time playing bond when it opens next year craig's run on the series has been far more interconnected than Bond actors past. Mm-hmm. The events and characters from every film have impact one on the ones to follow. This trend will continue with No Time to Die, which is already confirmed to include several familiar faces from the previous four Craig-led outings. I think they're talking about the whole Money Penny scenario that people hated. Mm. I mean, I have to go back and watch all of them, but I know that there's some twists and stuff that in the last, in the, the last one, right? I mean, Spectre's the one that really blew it, uh, in fairness. With the continuity and just in it general, it was just it tried too hard to do too many to do twist it up, right? Yeah, to make it so that James Bond was related to Blofeld and this whole like thing where everything that's happened has been connected to this thing that really didn't have to be. I do very much agree with the fact that the films are extremely interconnected. I mean, if you go back and watch like the Pierce Brosnan movies, there's a couple characters that will cross over, but nothing like directly happens because of something else happening. And a lot of the James Bond films are always a sort of like one off. Thing. Like, oh, there's this mission you have to go do. Okay, and on to the next thing. These ones have been very much. I mean, the first one, Casino Royale and uh, Quantum of Solace, I watch as one movie because literally it's just the second half of him closing that out. 
Skyfall was connected, but it also was its own special thing. I think that's what made it stand out as being one of the best Bond films ever. And then Inspector went all over all over the place. So I think what they're saying is, hey, we've got a lot of threads we've built over the past four films, mm-hmm. and we really want to make sure we tie those up neatly at the end before he leaves and we hand it over to somebody else. Right. I mean, which yeah. is smart. Which is, I think, I think it's probably been one of the greatest things about that last four. And I know that he was kind of didn't want to do it, and everyone's kind of like, we want Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. There's been so much drama around this film that I hope that it's just gets through what it needs to get through and we all can enjoy it for what it really is and not pay attention to all the bullshit behind it. Yeah, there's it. a lot of weird things, but I think that they're going to try really hard. <sighs> Much to like do the Joker. Know. Yes, I think it's going to be, or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just, maybe they're too far down river now and it's time to hand off and to try and start over because some things just spin out of control sometimes. Do we want, do we as consumers want to know an actual explanation of the different actors playing James Bond? Another weird one. I think we're in this culture now where we right. want answers to these questions that nobody before ever wanted answers to. Didn't care. I don't feel like this was... It was always like, so what? James Bond is played by different actors. Big whoop, so is Batman. Does that mean they're different Batmans? And it's right. Like, well, no, because they're all playing Bruce Wayne, who's Batman. This one... The recast You is don't a, get a name. What? You don't get a thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a Men in Black scenario where you can, like... You could be the same letter as some... There's only 26 letters in the alphabet. So you're going to be the same letter as somebody else that used to have that letter. Yeah, right? the funny the funny thing is is a, the recast wasn't that big of a deal. Now it is. Now it's a big it's like, "Oh, how can we explain that these connect?" It's like, you don't have to. It's the same thing like I just said with, with Men in Black, 007. To be a double O, the best of the best, that means at one time there's only nine double O's. And they bring in like 008 or somebody. They brought yeah, in like Well, a, in Goldeneye, he's he's 6, I think. Or maybe he's 4. I can't remember, but any any you know gets killed and ends up being the villain, but like that's the best you can do. So so 007 is just a number assigned to the next guy in line. Right. That's great. That's, or that works yeah. for me. That work. That's enough. That's connection right there. I just think uh, it's funny how now something so s- small as recasting it is, is, is it's such like a big, a big deal. conversation. But how are they going to explain it? How are they going to explain it? How are they going to explain it? We got somebody else Before you issues. didn't get an explanation. You no. just got like a new actor. It was C. Later Pierce Brosnan. Here's a new movie. Even in, even in Marvel, the I would say probably that's probably the last one was right. Uh, uh War Machine. Yeah, when Don Cheadle, they didn't. They uh, just said and new guy. I would say, I guess, obviously, Hulk is another big sure. one. Sure, but that was still like. But they gave him his own new movie. And we're kind of like, yeah, that stuff sort of happened, but we're not going to ever mention Betty or Abomination or anything. All the good, except for the general guy will come in sometimes. General Ross, who's yeah. actually supposed to be in Black Widow. Which I don't know why they didn't just recast him and put all that to bed. That's the you only. That's the only thread. But he's also in. No, because they brought. You know why? And Tony went back because Tony that went. Movie. Tony's in that movie. Yeah, they blew that. Well, they didn't know. They thought Edward Norton was a good choice. And he it, was a good choice. He was just hard to work with. Yeah. He wanted his own... S- he wanted to write his own things and not let anybody ever look him in his eyes or whatever. They're <laughs> like, yeah, we don't need that bullshit. Which is smart. No, it's not. He's an idiot. I Although mean, it's I do, smart for Marvel, Marvel to part yeah, ways I, with I, him for I someone do, more friendly. I've gone back and watched that movie, and I'm like... It's got some moments. It's got... But it's uh, got some weaknesses. No, but I, I, wanted say, I wanted to say that What's-His-Name is a better Hulk. Who? Norton? No. Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Oh, I absolutely agree. He fits the mold in for what they're trying to do. Better. Absolutely. Maybe not like die direct to the character. Anyway, moving on, Chris, we've had a lot of talk about this uh this weekend. Rick and Morty season four yeah. is finally uh the trailer dropped today. I have not actually watched it yet and I was watching I've, Rick and Morty all morning. Yeah, which is kind of uh, weird. weird. Yeah. Uh I watched the trailer. 
It's pretty good. Okay. But this is um, what the creator, uh, Dan Hammond, told people. Uh, Harmon. Oh, my bad. Harmon? Harmon. Harmon? Dan Harmon. Harmon. Dan Harmon. Don Harmon. <laughs> DH over there said, uh, I think it's safe to say without fear of being wrong that the gap between seasons three and four will be the longest and the last time that it's ever so long that it's ridiculous. He also said, um, I don't know how fast we can do it, but I know it will never be this long again. They signed, so they signed him for that long ass. They signed him for a big contract that basically has to regulate them now. I think it's seven seasons. Oh, wow. But I can't be sure. Seven that. more seasons or up to season I think seven? It's, you know what? We'll have to give it the old Google. But I, th- I thought it was that they signed him for like a, a, a seven, shitload. Seven it, was like, it was like a hundred something. Because they're doing ten episodes. Right. So ten episodes, seven seasons, So I think they're more. From the trailer I saw, it sounded like they're dropping the first five. Five seasons? Five episodes. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they do that little break thing, and I know that it's no. Weird. But I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna drop at the same time. Oh, really? On Adult Swim? Yeah. yeah. This this gap. I was nodding. So f- listen, here's the deal. They're making a great show that's super funny. It's well put together. It's super well engineered. And actually, funny enough, me and your uh, roommate were talking about this yesterday. Yep. About, like how great. hard it must be to create content that rich and connected and diverse quickly. And there's a lot of shows out there that you're saying right yourself like, oh yeah, well this show doesn't. This show doesn't. Yeah, sure. But, like, I think that Rick and Morty's always had this, like, I don't know, like, loose kind of we're running, we're just making stuff up, we do stuff on the fly, we just, like, improv and see how that comes together. And I think what they're saying now is, hey, we keep taking these long breaks and we have these contract disputes and we have these things that we're, like, trying to figure out what we want to do next. And now, finally, they said, listen, here's a big contract, here's a lot of freaking money, sit in a room and make this freaking show so that we don't have to wait three years. Yeah, yeah. Seasons. I think, and, and animation's tough. Like, animation work sure. in general is just tough and... South Park is able to pull it off. Right. Um, but they've it took years to get that system down. Oh yeah. The first South Park season is like when it's all hand cut paper, they had like the they had to pull and do stuff. It's almost like stop motion. And this one is just normal animation, so there's obviously a lot they can do, but I get it. I get what it's like to be a creator that wants a lot of time and a writing team that wants a lot of time. But now it's like we're paying you, let's not do it. And I think it's cool that they're not saying like well, I guess we're going to have to speed up the process. It's, hey, you guys have been patient. I know you've gotten three seasons over the past six years. How about now we give you one after one after one after one? Right. And we say, yes, please. Now, if the quality goes down because they're not having so much time, we'll know. And that'll be the reason people say, well, they pump it out a lot quicker. But if it's still great, but we'll say. But if that's say, all they're working on, there's no yeah. problem. We'll yeah. say, it's time to get Swifty in here. Hey. today. All right, Chris, we've had, speaking of Adult Swim, we've had a lot of fun this last weekend over at New York Comic Con, so let's get cracking. Oh, main topic. I don't have this on the list, but I did go to that Robot Chicken panel. Oh, yeah. And it was actually a lot of fun. Between Archer, who wasn't there this year, but we're talking about Adult Swim, that's why I want to bring up Robot Chicken. Seth Green was there. I mean, everybody was there. Brecken Meyer. The whole the, the season ten crew. for them, so big big shout out to them. Round of applause for hey, them. That's great. Ten seasons, stop motion, of a show that nobody thought would be a show. Yeah, wow. Props to them. I hope we. Uh, I hope we get to season ten. We got seven more. Yeah, we're great. We're right there. Of course we will. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> but that show started so long ago. Like I want to say I was in high school. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they had some breaks too. They've had long breaks. I think they also make like a weird. They 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 was done that because they were in fifteen minute episodes, and yes. then they just make these little clips and they do it. So I think they have like a weird season structure too, mm-hmm. where like in the beginning they were just sort of like one off episodes they were making on contract or something, 
and oh, then, really? it, then it got put into like that's a season. Like they were like making it for years, and they said, okay, technically, season one is like bigger than it would be. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think they were talking a little bit about that. It's a good show. It is. It's funny. It's it's They're, difficult to make. They have some great, some really dark humor and some really funny shit that people can still go back and watch. My biggest celebrity crush is now riding on the show. Oh yeah, she's like the rookie in the game. AT and T gal. She was there. That's really cool. Yeah. So what? The good panel. Great panel. They um a kid asked, and I texted you while I was there. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, you did. I remember that. Uh, a kid asked, "Hey, um, my name's I'm ten. I don't know how old he was. He's like, what's your favorite episodes or clips or whatever? And I, I want to say the showrunner or producer, ma- main dude, who's like not on the show but on the show. But he's like part of it. Uh, he said there was something about Shark Blowjob or some. I don't know if that's the exact skit. I could be wrong, but it's something. BJ. Okay. And then Brecken Meyer jumps out of his seat and goes to start explaining what a blowjob was to this kid. And then Melania was like, no, no, no. Like, it, And this became the running joke where he was explaining to the sure, kid. Sure, it became a thing of the, him him just explaining a blowjob to a child. Which was really, really funny, but it was very like, oh my God, shocking. Like, Typical wow, robot. Robot chicken. The for robot sure. chicken. Look at fashion. these guys. Yeah. It was a great panel. All in all, they, they showed a trailer for season 10. Which looks great. Just the talent that goes into that show, and because of that show, you got a show like uh, another stop motion show with Seth Green and uh, Walter White. What's his name? But Cr- Cranston, Brian Cranston. Uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Super Mansion. What's that show? Super, Super Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. show's awesome. That's a funny show. Awesome. Another panel that we saw real quick, or we we got a little peek at, was Big Mouth, which is now. Officially on Netflix. Yes, they dropped the season that night. Yep, we Same saw. Night as a yeah, yeah, we saw Nick Kroll, and I can never remember his name, but he's on like the league, and, and I run into him all the time in New York. The Jason Manzukas. Yeah, Jason Manzukas. The Zook. And uh, the, the uh, one of the girls was in there too. This show's also also been really really funny, and this season they're gonna go even bigger. So it's I'm sure it's out now, so we don't have to we don't have to talk about. Yeah. it. I haven't seen it yet, but. David St. John, shout out to him. He was in the city with us. He uh, was watching the new season of oh, the house yeah, yeah. yesterday. He's watching that, watching the house, watching what is the he? dog for a day. And he has, I haven't heard from him, but he sent a picture must be just of watching. the dog, and it was on the TV. So that's really good. Must be fully engaged. Yeah. yeah. And also in. about Comic Con, just a little like sidebar on this. Uh, this is my first time ever going to uh, New York Comic Con, but also like a major, major con. I've been to some smaller like Fan X events and Comic Con, this whatever, but like San Diego, New York are obviously the big heavy hitters in the United States. Yeah, what was your first? What was your first? First impression? time ever going. My first time. Uh, my first uh, impression, or just overall, was it was awesome. It was an absolute. And I want to tell people right here, it was an absolute fucking madhouse. Madhouse. Like everything you've ever heard is absolutely true. It is crowded in every possible way you could ever imagine. Like, everywhere you walk is crowded. Everywhere you want to stop is crowded. Every line is long. Like, all that stuff is extremely true. So it can be a little overwhelming. The first day we're there, uh, we, my buddy Joe came, traveled Joe. out with us. Joe's and, been on the and, show. And my Simpson wife, Allie, were there. Yes, Joe's going to be on for the episode coming up. Yep, yep. Uh, it was a little bit overwhelming for them because they were like, this is a lot. Like, there's a lot of stimulus. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of, like, we got to go here. We got to go to that. There's so many people. It's so packed. I say all that so that you're aware of the, you know, how many people could possibly be there. But also, it's freaking amazing. Everyone is still, and I've talked about this in the past, everyone's still so supportive of each other. Everyone is still like... Every time you run into somebody, someone's oh, like, oh, dude, are you okay? So my, yeah, I'm not betting. And then it's like, hey, oh, yeah. Can we take a picture together? Yeah. Can we do this? Like, everyone is so nice. Like, you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. 
like I've been all over the city, and I love New York City. I love coming here. I love doing all kinds of stuff, going to Yankee games. That's not a New York thing, though. Like, and I've seen really cool crowds of people that have been really nice to each other, but also like on top of each other. Like, shut up, you man, get out of my way. I'm everyone, walking in. I'm walking. You walking in the phone lines over there? Train. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, everyone there was so cool and nice. There's so many great booths, artists, like boobs, boobs, huge boobs, lots of boobs. everywhere, lots of boobs. No booths, booths, lots oh, okay. of great like. All kinds of the panel scheduling. I had a great time. I think it's definitely something, whether it's San Diego or New York, if you're at all interested in pop culture and you can ever make it, go for a day. Go wander around. You're not going to be able to see everything. You're not going to be able to go to a panel, maybe. Like, the big panels, the lines get freaking out of control huge. But it's such a cool just environment to be a part of. And you never know. You might stumble across something you didn't know you loved or find out something you love has a cool freaking tiki mug these people made you can get for it. So, I don't know. It's just a cool experience. Plus, there's also celebrities and autographs and huge celebrities, huge autographs. Like so I mean, Frank Miller had a table in Artist Row, and Artist Row is basically a big room all where the comic, comic book yeah. artists and writers have little tables set up, and they're you know, can buy their merch. Like some of the biggest dudes around that are writing right now just had a table where you could walk up and be like, "Hey, man, like, would you sign this for me?" And Scott chat Snyder. with them. Yeah, Scott Snyder yeah. had one there. Capolo, is that right? I always say get that name wrong. Danny Cates. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some there were some Donnie. heavy hitters. Did I say Danny. Yeah. Don Gates. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's crazy. So and celebrities. The, we ran into tons of celebrities. Even if we hadn't gone into the panels we got to go yeah, into. Yeah, I mean, Ant-Man was there. Yeah, we still could be like, oh, look, there's that guy. Or they're, oh, they're just setting up a little thing and letting Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Which we'll talk a little bit later. Yeah, uh, amazing. But Chris, my, do you think that there's a way to do the, the con where it's a little bit more structured in a sense of, mm. you know, there's people that go for cosplay. Mm-hmm. There's people that go for the merch. There's yeah. people that go... For the panels, there's people to go for the autographs. Mm-hmm. What do you think that Venn diagram looks like for the person who's is there? Is there a big group of people who are trying to do all of that, or do you think it could be spread out? For instance, like this is all in one one building. Yeah, I see what you're. I see what you're getting at. Do you think that the, if they were to separate this maybe across? And this is New York. I know everything's on top of each other, right? But no, I know you're saying like. Instead of having it all in one big event center, having, hey, all of our artists are across the street in a space we rented out. Or we have a big pop-up tent, and that's where we're doing all of our cosplay stuff. This is really tough. I was thinking about this. We chatted about it the other day, but, like, how difficult it must be to organize this thing because it's so much. It's so big. There's so much to see. Like, it's already a nightmare. And there's so many things we saw. We were like, why don't they just do this little fucking thing right here, and they would solve their own problems. And this, I mean, each year it does get bigger. And, like, I think oh the, the, God, fun, yes. the Funko situation is, is, a, is a beast of its own. A lot of these things, are you got a lottery for anything. But, I mean, to get to the question, part of me thinks, yeah, it would be so much easier if they said, hey, we're going to break some things over here. off. Yeah. <clears throat> the showroom is its own big thing. Mm-hmm. But then next door is where, you know. All the break. panels are. But also, when you put it all together in one place, there's this cool kind of ecosystem that it creates. Where people that are cosplay, like, if you only went for cosplay and you stayed in the cosplay area. Maybe if someone wanted to go to the showroom, they're not going to see some awesome cosplay that could inspire them to want to get into that. Well, but you could still, like, your ticket still gets you yeah, into gets all you four of them. Yeah, you in everywhere. You I don't know. I, I like that it's all smashed together. I think it's really cool, but I do at the same time think there's certain elements. Comfort element. Yeah. I mean, even if they did shit like the biggest booths, like the line booths, had their own area. Like, let's say across the street. Like, Funko had a pop-up, and they said, these are all the stuff we're, we're going to be giving away this year. This is where you check in with us, or whatever, right? But then, hey, actually, the, sh- the shop we have is across the street. So leave the convention center, go over there and get in line and wait five hours to get the pops you want. Right. Because if you're going to wait in here, the line is going to literally destroy 
this entire area of the showroom floor. Which Everyone's it did. bumping into it, and it did. And when they'd open up to everybody, it looked like a freaking stampede of cattle trying to Somehow get in. Somehow I got in. Yeah. At the end. It was, so there's part of me that's like that. Like, you could still do cool, big installation pieces and say, this is our brand, this is who we are. Because people are going to go and wait in line and win the lottery. They don't necessarily need to be in the See, building. I'm not a, yeah, they yeah. could go across the street to a cool spot I'm or not a pop-up a, tent. I'm not a fan of the lottery. I think it confuses people and yeah, it ruins. I think it takes a, I think it takes people out of the element. I think the idea there is like if we do a lottery and people win, then all the people then you can't that, complain. Then you're not going to wait in line 10 hours and not get in. You're going to be like, oh, I won the lottery, so I get to get in line. It's like, okay, that's a way we can break it up without causing like mass hysteria. But it still is mass hysteria, so they need to do something better. Yeah. But overall, a great experience, like so much, such a hive mind mentality, like so many people together, so many different things they're into, so much fun. Everyone's just trying to freaking be people, you know? People are just trying to freaking eat their hot dogs, drink a beer, and buy some comic books. Concessions is another story, which we won't get into into concessions. Let's talk about some of these panels. Yeah, Um, panels are the big thing. I mean, and that's something else I want to say. Like, we talked about Artist Alley. There's the celebrity photograph, mm -hmm. autograph booth area. There's the merchandise showroom floor. It's thousands of, of booths. Um, but then the big thing, obviously, for Comic-Cons, uh, all of them, are the panels. Like, everything from you going to a panel in a main, huge, amazing, giant room where there's a, a thousand seats and you're looking at one thing, which we did a bunch of those, to these tiny little things. Like, you go to a little room on the third floor and, and you could have a one-hour, uh, you can have a one-hour little panel from people that maybe you didn't know that's about one of my favorite panels that 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 a lot of people don't know about and it isn't at every con is uh the george lucas talk show george lucas talk show yeah that's one it's usually it's usually the first friday of the month at the ubc theater Mm -hmm. and it's done by a great comedian he's been on a bunch of different small stuff but he does a lot of improv over there and last year i think was the first year he did it every time i go Shout out to Danielle, who's been on the show. She showed me that this whole thing. I, I gotta, I gotta remember his name, but he's. A, I've tried to get him on the show. Uh, anyway, that kind of panel is just a com- comedy panel. Not really a lot of people know about it. It was at nine fifteen on Friday, and the showroom floor closes at like seven. Mm-hmm. So, so people get out. Yeah, but that is a that's exactly one of those small panels to check out that you might not know about. Yeah, the small one's really good. It's a good way for people to discover new things, whether that's like there's one that was like New York Times. It was called like New York Times Out, LGBTQ people in comics, mm-hmm. characters in comic books. There was one about like Wonder Woman in the relation to like female empowerment uh, from its origins to now. There was And there's stuff like... Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. And these are hour-long things in smaller rooms. But, like, it also gives you an opportunity. If you don't want to wait in line two hours to see the Watchmen screening, because you're like, number one, I don't care about Watchmen, you can go and crush two other small panels about how to shape weapons for cosplay or who's your favorite Doctor Who. Like, there is literally something for everyone. And it doesn't just involve you showing up to a place after spending a lot of money and spending more of your money on items. It's like, sure, you're going to maybe buy some stuff because there's cool stuff. But it's really just... finding out what you're a fan of and exploring that and exploring what maybe you're not a fan of that other people would be into. So I think it's a great opportunity if you're even on the fence about being a pop culture person, like, oh, yeah, I kind of like watching this. Like, if you're ever near it, get a ticket, go in and have a great time. Maybe you see a big panel. Maybe you don't. You're still going to have a great time. A <laughs> great time. I'm still trying to look up this guy's name, but we'll move on. So panels. Let's talk the big, big, big panels that we, we saw. into. Um, I want to... This is usually probably on the smaller tip of, but there are comics at Comic Con. 
There's comic panels. We saw DC. They got oh. a lot of crazy stuff coming out from DC. DC has some. They're doing a lot. They right spent now. a lot of comics. <laughs> I will say this though. We're not, are we able to talk about this or no? Uh, this one we didn't have any. There are no spoilers because we didn't have the ability DC's to capture. Been spending- I, that's something else we should say. In this next section, we're going to talk about the big panels we went to. And while we went to uh, a good amount of them, yes. I mean, we have a good list here. There were a bunch that you have to sign two specifically that you had to sign NDAs for. Uh, basically saying you can't spoil anything or talk about this show really of, of the details until it comes out. Uh, and then there was the others that were like, hey guys, like no spoilers, which is fine. A lot of media outlets are going to publish shit and that's fine. But we're just like, you know what? We would rather talk about it when it does launch and you guys can all be in on the know yep. than sit here and be like, oh yeah, and then Tom King said this thing, but you guys won't get that for a year. Like, that's no fun. I mean, we'll give you little hints and stuff, but like the stuff that we learned was, especially the DC Nation, it's like, I can't share this timeline because I didn't take a picture of it. They didn't. They didn't well, send me it was also yet. too small to read. And it was tiny on purpose. So, but they they were very yeah. proud that they spent the last year, year. <laughs> creating Insanity. a continuity timeline. By the way, if you're looking for the George Lucas Talk Show, it's hosted by Connor Ratliff. There we go. Who's awesome? I've met him a few times, and he's always a great dude. So shout out to him. But yes, that's really all that came out of the DC Nation. Yeah, they, they had this big, basically they said that over the last years between... Although, there was a great question asked that Chris was like, I think I'm going to ask this uh, question. I was like, you should. And he was like, no, nah, the mic's too far. But well, somebody asked it anyway. We were on the wrong side of the room, because we were in the front row, but on the kind of the left side, or the right side, and the microphone, there's supposed to be one on each There was aisle, a mic, but they just but didn't... But then the, they said, okay, we're going to take questions from this microphone. It was on the other side of the room, so by the time I even made it, like, by the time I blinked, there were people just like climbing over each other to get in line, so... But, yeah, I mean, it was a good panel. They basically, like Brad said, talked about an hour about when we redo comic books, when we say, hey, this is called Rebirth, or we change a comic, why does that happen? And it was because comic books get stale sometimes, or, like, the ideas run out on a character, and so they say, well, let's just reboot it so that readers have something fun. So it was kind of an excuse for why they get so messy, but their biggest thing was, hey... We're made, we made this whole timeline that's going to connect everything, and a retro does everything. That was their big launch. But then, yeah, the question was about Doomsday Clock, which is the Watchmen DC Universe which coming talked, together. Which we've, we've talked, talked about on the podcast multiple times. Length. We, I feel like we set up in the schedule, at least I did, uh, trying to figure out like a time to where we could talk about the whole thing. Sure. But it's been so spread out. Yeah, because basically it's 10 issues. Right? 12. It's 12 issues, and a normal comic book would, let's even a normal special comic book, would, would be published every eight weeks. If it was usually it's every month. If it was a big heavy hitter, it would be every eight weeks. This one's been going on for two years. Yes, eighteen months, and they're only through. It got to a point where I stopped reading it so that I could collect the issues, so yes. that I could read it all together, so I could remember what was going on. I went into a store like a month and a half later after getting issue three, and was like, "Oh wow, they still have issue four? Cool!" And they're like, "What do you mean still have it? That just got launched today." And I was like, "What the hell do you mean it just got launched today?" Like. It's a very long thing. And so my question was going to be, do you think my grandchildren's grandchildren will ever get to see the end of <laughs> Doomsday Clock? It wasn't that, but it was a variation. And a guy got up <laughs> a guy got up there and said, you know, the same did, question. did you, with, with Doomsday Clock having to be so pushed back and delayed and delayed, like, how did you deal with that? And man, you could tell. And I, w- I can't believe that I can't. He's the head publisher of DC Comics. And I did not get his name, but Jim Lee was Jim on this was, panel. And they were Tom looking King at each other. was on this panel. Lee, whatever, the guy who did Batman Damned uh, was on this panel. Uh, so it was good to see him. And Jim Lee goes to answer this question, uh, and the, the, him and the dude are sweating. Like, they're just staring at each other. The head publisher of DC and Jim Lee, because he's the co-publisher now, like, they're, like, uh, answering it the most politically uncomfortable I've ever seen. Like, um, well, 
it gave us more uh, time to do like creative process and to like really stretch out how the story went. Um, yeah, long long story long. They just they they gave an answer that didn't answer the question. Yes, they gave an answer that basically was like uh, the it was good that we had all that time, which basically means what they were saying as they were sweating up there was. The story wasn't good, didn't get a good reception, so we had to rewrite and redraw and reprint it. See, I it. think that I think <laughs> I think I would have rather gotten all, all of it together and like read it and been like it was it probably wasn't that bad. No, but I'm now sure that it's it dragged out, like it, it you feels drag, like they have to deliver something out, yeah. amazing. Yeah, they we, have to. We gotta. We'll, we'll save that conversation for another one. But let's talk about this Wolverine series. Dan Dan, Dan Dio. How, why, am, why am I saying that weird? I've known. I've seen this guy a hundred times. And you say you're usually pretty good with names. I'm the one that's terrible with names. The Dio, Dan DeDio, I guess we'll say. Works for me. The Dio. But Wolverine, you've been reading the uh, the whole rebrand of the X Men. X Powers of X, House of X, and it's fantastic. Well, Marvel revealed at at the Dawn of X panel at New York Comic Con, um, there's a new volume of Wolverine, which will be written by Benjamin Percy, who wrote the podcast Long Night, and its comic book adaptation. Uh, the Long Night podcast, as well as its comic adaptation, uh, and it's been drawn by Adam Kubrick and Victor uh, Bogdanovic. Um, but there hasn't been a monthly Wolverine, classic Wolverine, yeah. since 2014. Since he, since he died. Uh, the artwork looks cool. Artwork they're looks they're really kind of bringing back the X-Men in the fold. They, it's, a, it's a whole reboot of yeah, the entire X-Men they split series. it up with that whole gold, yep. blue, red. Purple, Again, gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Marvel making the same mistakes in a lot of ways. But I think it was a... He does. You spread yourself too you, thin. I, you think it had anything to do with the Fox merger? Sure. I mean, there's always things they have to do and change that to make. And now they're like, you know what? Let's clean the slate. We have three brands of X-Men plus side X-Men. No. Clean it all. Give us one true X-Men comic and little branches off that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Love no, it. I think... Um, I think with the Wolverine stuff, I'm really looking forward to it. There was a lot of stuff that came out of San Diego Comic Con for mm-hmm. comics, but I was I was glad to see that they're really pushing the X Men this year and then from here on out. So, uh, I'm ex- but you you read or you liked the podcast? I didn't. Yeah, I love the Wolverine podcast on Stitcher. So except for it gets released on now, you can watch the listen to the both seasons. I think on. Anything? Spotify. Oh, Spotify. They're free now. Yeah. But they were free. Yeah, yeah like, but the first yeah. one's Wolverine Long Night, which I did enjoy a lot. And then the uh the Lost Trail was was really good. It was different, but really good. Mm. I think the guy that plays Richard Armitage does Wolverine's voice and he kills it. And I think they do a good job of creating that world of X Men and like include like the second season has Gambit in it and they like but it's also like is this pre or post X Men? I struggle with that part of it. The timeline? Yeah. Mm. So I'm pretty sure it's post. Speaking of timelines. And reboots. No, it's got to be pre. Whatever. Timelines and reboots. Picard. Heck yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That was a freaking dinger for you, me. You were able to get there. I wasn't. Heck yeah, that was freaking amazing. Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart, Stewart took right. the stage get on right. that and uh, and talked about the brand new CBS. I've seen some clips. I've seen some clips. Yep. Of the Picard, reboot of Picard. It's only, oh, I had it written in my notes, only like five episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. It's on CBS? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a very limited miniseries. Is it just going to be on their 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 streaming CBS service? Network, whatever. All it is. access. Yeah, all access. Yeah, just like. Is it on the streaming service? Or is it going to be on the on actual television? They just kept p- pushing it on the the CBS all, all access. access. Like, yeah. hey, be sure to get this. Be sure to get your account because we have. And they were like, at the end of it, we're like, you can watch Discovery. You can watch you know all things Star Trek. But also like, you can check out this show. And if you love this show, mm. so I was like, okay, I see what you guys are doing. You, you want your streaming service to be good because Disney's about to bust on the scene and pop everybody off. But Picard, I mean, not only getting to see 
Sir Patrick Stewart. That's amazing in itself. But like to hear him talk about how much he loves playing the role and like that it's very exciting to be, ju- be able to jump back in this universe again for him. And uh, the show, not I mean, this isn't even a spoiler. You can see this anywhere you go. But like, uh, it's Riker's going to be in it. Yep. Tori's going to be in it. Yep. Like that's cool. So you get to see Jonathan Franks and uh, Marina. C- I never get it right. Sirtis. I haven't really seen um next or generation read, read anything. No, I've I've seen some of the show, but um, I haven't read any of these articles I've seen pop up. But apparently, there is there any data? Was it data? 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 You know, didn't see anything about that. Interesting. But didn't see anything about that. I've they've seen the pictures of like their this army of his of data cyborgs. Right, he's a cyborg, right? He is an android. An android. Fully, the Borg are. Are cyborgs, technically, what, but also what? something cool in this one that I saw in the little trailer teaser is that Jerry uh, Ryan is back as Seven of Nine. Yeah. So if you're listening right now and you're a Star Trek fan, you'll know that that is not a Next Generation character. That is a uh, Deep Space Nine. No, Babylon Five. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Worth a Google. Worth a Google. How do I, I've been watching this. It's after I watched Next Generation, I switched. They're the one that get lost. They actually get transported. All the Voyager. Ugh, I missed around because got it. Voyager's one where they actually get sent to a, another galaxy on accident, and then they're like a billion miles away from Federation space. But Seven of Nines is going to be in Picard's show, so that's a cool crossover as far as like characters and the Star Trek universe coming together. Um, it was very cool. I'm very excited for this. It's got a cool kind of look and feel to it, a little more like rough and tough than like on the clean Starship Enterprise. Mm. So I'm I'm interested to see where that's going to go. What did they touch on anything about the winery? At well, all? Yeah, because his his family owns a winery in France, and his thing was always he wanted to go back. And and be able to work that that vineyard in France. So the Picard, the Jean Jean Luc Farms or whatever, the Picard Farms. Jean. It's basically them pulling him out of retirement. Like we got one last mission, kind of a scene. So speaking of pulling out of retirement, no segue there. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, Free Guy. Free Guy, yeah. Ryan Reynolds made an appearance. Super super cool. Now this movie hasn't had a trailer, but it stars kids from. Uh, what's his name from Stranger Things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm, is it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. he in it or is he just directing? He's directing. He's it. directing. And then I'm sure uh, he'll make an appearance. Yeah. So he's in all of his stuff. Nope. It's about it's basically about a video game character. Mm-hmm. An who's NPC, just a, yeah. An, a regular character, but he figures it out. Uh, sorry, John Levy actually directed Free Guy. I don't know how we blew that. No. So Taika Waititi's just in it. Yes. Got it. Yes. 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 Um. Yeah, it's basically an NPC character. So, like, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto V and you hit some dude walking down the street with your car, Ryan Reynolds plays that guy you just hit with your car. Yeah, he works at a bank. Yeah. He's just, just a dude. He's just Guy. His just character's guy. name is Guy. Mm-hmm. It's always funny when you see Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds together. They're always hilarious. I mean, it's a lot of good energy and that kind of funny, sharp wit. Yeah, they, they, didn't re- they showed a clip, but nothing, like a first look. But, again, it's still being worked on, so... Not really a whole lot to say about it. It just looks really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've just finished. They wrapped shooting six weeks ago, so the fact that they even were able to show us some clips was really, really interesting, and it reminded me, I mean, again, you can go and look up the stuff they showed, but it reminded me a lot of um, of the Lego movie, oh, actually, in the beginning, because like, Emmett is just like kind of wandering through this world, and he figures, oblivious yeah, he to figu- things. And he figures it out. And so like that was kind of his That's idea when point. it starts, is like Ryan Reynolds is like walking to work with coffee in his hand, and like a freaking helicopter smashes into a building, and like no, there's like no notice of it. Like, oh yeah, cool. Like he just keeps walking. Like it's a totally no- normal world, normal day, nothing's up. So I feel like this kind of happy-go-lucky guy that just has no perception of the world around him, who is ultimately going to be drug out of not being being an innocent bystander. 
right. and being something more. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Kind of an interesting nod at like it has that same that's kind what, of that's humor. I didn't fun. even think of that, but the, now that, the way that you you pointed out like the Lego movie where yeah. it was like it was just like a regular dude and then yeah. got pulled. It yeah, that's everyone it's else very all close, drones yeah. and gets drug out and like I think it'll be funny. I think it's gonna have that very it'll very much be humor filled and that sort of like sharp. Like I said, wit. like that sharp, yeah, yeah. that wit of things. And I, even they said, like, in the beginning, uh, when it was, like, from the studio that brought you uh, Beauty and the Beast, or it said, like, Little Mermaid something and, and Lion King twice. Like, that kind of, like, beginning of Deadpool credit. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Where they're always making fun of shit. Like, I think that's going to make it kind of stand apart. Um, There was a, a clip I did see online, too, where the kids, and I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, Chris, what do you, what you got to say? And I was like, I'm just going to wait for the show. Um, but there's a clip where it's the dude from Stranger Things. Uh, I forget the girl's name who's also in the movie. And then Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi. And they're like, they're kind of going to introduce each other, kind of whatever. And they're like, Taika's like, yeah, it's been great. Like working, you know, my first time working with Ryan Reynolds and blah, blah, blah. And then Ryan Reynolds like, yeah, it's been so great working for the first time. We've always tried to connect and da, da, da. And then they're like, but wait, didn't you guys do um, that one movie? And they're like, and then he's like, yo, yeah, weren't you guys in Green Lantern? And they're like, Green Lantern? Uh, no, I think you, Seth Green. Uh, you right, might, right, 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 Green right, Hornet. Right. right. And then uh, they're like, no, you guys were in that movie Green Lantern. And then it pans back to them and they're missing. <laughs> they're like gone. Yes. Why is it that, I mean, I could, I could imagine, and I guess they're just trying to play a joke on it. But like, why is that movie so bad that they just don't want to reference it? just such a bad movie. It's just so what poorly done. It just was everything about it. Animation, story was weak. It gets hammered on all the time, and it should. Did it, it win really a Razzie? It, oh, yeah. It was such a bad movie. It was such good source material to I mean, work you're from. Green, you're a Green Lantern fan, so I, I don't, yeah. I'm, which I'm not. So I like, walked out very sad. I remember going to that movie very excited. And it just, they just did too much and too, oof. Did, did Tycho direct it? Or was he you know what's it? so funny is I, don't, I didn't remember that por- portion even. I know he does the shake weight thing, which is also the same shake weight that's in Ragnarok. But the studio fucked that up, right? Yeah, they just took a lot. It, I think it was like in that era before. I mean, it, Iron Man just, had just dropped dropped in what, 2008? So it's only three years after that. DC's trying to find their footing, and they made something overly colorful, overdone, not at all what people were wanting. Interesting. So, they blow. so it makes fun that they spent. Yeah, he's a, he's a freaking dude in that movie. That's right. He's like his buddy that yeah, he shows all the stuff to and like puts his suit on for the first time. Hey, he looks like the dude from the IT crowd in this. Yeah. But uh Great yeah. Show. Yeah. Oh, that's, no, good one. that's an exciting movie. I'm excited to say just a fun kind of free, free different looks movie. Good, yeah. That's uh, good to, I mean a lot I know a few people that I know are like I'm tired of Ryan Reynolds. Oh, come on. How can you be tired of Ryan Reynolds? He does the same thing every time. Yeah. But he also is great at it. Well, the last time we did see him was technically in that Keep doing the same thing. Keep doing, Ryan. Keep doing what keep you're doing. Keep doing all the same thing. Keep I'm gonna drink it. your gin. Yeah, I'm gonna have some aviation, nice glass of aviation, and I'm gonna keep on trucking. Uh, the biggest hitter of the weekend for for panels and things uh, is definitely this next one. Absolutely. And I want to say this very politically correct, but I don't know if I'm going to. As much as I enjoyed the Watchmen panel, and very looking forward to the series. I'm not so sure headlining New York Comic Con. Ah, I see exactly what you're trying to say. 
while this Comic Con was great and a lot of fun, and we are so glad we got to do everything we did there, the the main panel lineup was not exceptional. And right. I don't mean that to say that things weren't good. I mean that maybe that as this year, the year we're in, we're in a bridge year, especially for Marvel and DC movies. There wasn't anything like a huge draw draw like that. Like the Watchmen screening for an HBO one, you know, television show was easily the biggest panel people were yeah, trying I mean, to get to. There wasn't a Walking Iron Man movie. There wasn't an Avengers movie. There wasn't a DC movie, a Batman movie. Like it's this weird year where there's nothing that people are going to fight each other to get into. No DC stuff. I mean, yeah. other than Wonder Woman, they didn't do a panel. Yeah, but uh, maybe that's also weird. So and they're like, but they did Batman. I mean, wasn't there? Bat- Batwoman wasn't bad. That one wasn't bad. They did well. They kind of did a CW though. block, which is kind of crazy. Where they did like a or a DC block. No, it was, which a, was, it was a WB. Because well, Harley Quinn was there, and that's a. Oh, you're right. It's you're all, a WB. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I forget about that. It's all CW. Uh, yeah, WB block, which was like from for four hours in a row. You got Riverdale, Riverdale and then re- right after uh, that they did um, um, Area Fifty One, I think, or Roswell. Roswell, and then after that they did Harley Quinn cartoon show, and then after that they did Batwoman. Batwoman. So that was like a big stretch where you go and sit in the also Hulu theater Sunday. at Madison Square on a morning. Sunday in the morning. Yeah, Walking Dead Weird. had Walking Dead went back to its roots. Yeah, where before they just used to show the clips and they yeah. showed the full episode. There was like a pop up for the Palomino, that or the the, the, the Palomino, the uh, <laughs> the El Camino. Is that what the show's oh, called? Oh yeah, the, the El Camino was that was the movie. The, yeah, the, that movie, the the Breaking but it was Bad like movie. But it was like a pop up that no, there was no panel for it. Like it just felt like you're on a weird bridge where. Not to discredit any of the stuff we did or any of the thing, but it was interesting that we were like, oh, last year if you came to this, you probably got an end game. You know what I, I mean? Was, I mean, there was definitely no end game stuff, but last year, like, Runaways was still killing it. Sure, sure, sure. The new, they were launching. They did a panel, but, like, it was like, whatever. Like, with, with Mandalorian launching, or with the Disney Plus run, you think there'd be maybe a Mandalorian panel? Maybe something to promote Disney streaming service. I think that, ha- I think that happens when D23. you have a D23. Yeah. D23 has become predominant to show off all of that stuff. So the more Disney owns, the more sought after D23 is, which is why I would love to go to that next year. Yeah, we got to go to Well, that it won't be, be next year. It'll be in two years. Oh, yeah. Duh. But let's, but there, and not to discredit anything, like I, I'm i really looking forward to the series. I, Chris and I have been reading Doomsday Clock. Yes. And well, we say that, we only say that now because Watchmen, like we said, was the biggest draw. And they had like a cool thing. They had like in the DC section, basically there's like a whole area at the Javits Center that's all DC. Like, you can go there to... I got to check in with my DC uh, Universe, their streaming service, the app. And every day I went and checked in, they gave me a cool, awesome pin. So I got, like, a pin collection, and, like, they had cool picture opportunities and some cool merch. And they had, like, a nice little area where you could, like, sit, like, on the stars of the show, watch them before the panel. They were up there just signing autographs for people, which is one of the reasons we were able to even get into the panels because we were like, hey, can we get, like, we got into this? Can we get into we this? We kind of came late, but yeah. Yeah, we're like, hey, we're trying to get in late. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, and, they helped us out great, which is an awesome shout out to, to HBO. Very rare, but, very rare. But like this is also we're dan- not dancing on the topic, but we'll talk a little about Watchmen. But like this was the one where the dude was like, "I can't give you these orange wristbands until you both sign your names on this NDA, saying that you won't talk about anything you see or hear once you walk into the panel room." And so it's like, "Oh shit!" So basically, what we can say about it is that uh, we're excited. It's an interesting story. Regina King it's, killed it. Yeah, it's an interesting take on the Watchmen universe. Yep. Uh, and I think it has the opportunity to build a lot of story, to build some cool characters. It has some socio-political type things that it obviously mirrors today since it is after Watchmen, I can say that. But yeah, other it's, than that, we really just have to say it's it was it well, was it's, very it's, intriguing and very beautifully shot. It's produced or executive produced by uh, 
Damon Lindoff. Mm-hmm. Lindoff. Lost and Leftovers. If you like, I mean, if you a lot of people like Lost, but also Leftovers in its last few seasons of Game Traction is one of the very, best shows. Yeah, and it's very yeah. shot, very similar. Very similar, very real, and and not necessarily gritty, but just very real, very true detective-y, like the HBO style we've come accustomed to. Yeah, and I'll say... Fant- th- fantasy, fantastic reality. Yeah, um, with w- and with Watchmen, I think it's kind of tough because we, we got a movie, mm-hmm. right? Alan Moore wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, no, Alan, I mean, and that's another part why Watchmen has always been such an intriguing thing, right? You can't shake Frank Miller... I mean, he's written some of the greatest stuff that's ever Absolutely. come out, especially Batman Universe, and he always wants to be involved. He always wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore is like this crazy, you know, artist guy who's so in his head super creative that he made this beautiful piece and never wanted it to be, like, make any money or be commercialized. Right. He never wants there to be a movie or a show or right. anything. So right. you have this universe that already has this stigma of being, you know, wow, fantastic characters. I want to learn more. But there's this weird thing of, like, but... People that made it don't want there to be more. Right. And it's funny you mentioned the characters. So in this one, we don't see the traditional characters. And they may come down later down the line because it's supposed to be a sequel, technically. Yeah, years. But we don't, we don't know if it's... A, How that impact has happened. We don't know if it's technically on the movie or just... Right. It's just If it's, it's just in the universe new. in a different place. There's a lot to yeah. learn about it. You see you see re- um, ramifications from the original. Right. Graphic novel especially. And I think we can all... Here's the thing about the film. The film is just an adaptation of the graphic novel. So this show is just a sequel to the graphic the novel. novel. Yeah, I would, so I would agree with that. So it's in that universe, the impacts that all of that stuff had, and we'll see where it goes. It was really exciting. It was cool to see Jeremy Irons live. I'm a big Jeremy Irons fan. Love Scar growing up. Mm-hmm. Great to see him there. Uh, a lot of people in the cast that, like, looking across the thing, as soon as I looked at everybody, I was like, Oh, I know all of these actors. Right. I just don't know a lot of their names, which right. is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like great. they, they yeah, built a, a cool cast of people. Yeah, I think I think it's good. it's a definitely new take on Watchmen with a bunch of new characters that seems to be the focus which um you know, Rorschach sent his what journal off to the press at the end of the Don Johnson is the wrong person. That's Dakota Johnson's dad. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, Don Johnson's in there. He was he's in there. He's in the show. But like I said, it's all focused on new characters. And we may see some sprinkled in stuff of past characters. Yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see some stuff. It's definitely gonna be worth a watch if you. I mean, in post worth Game of the Thrones, watch, man. Yeah, worth the watch, man. Uh, in post <laughs> Game of Thrones HBO world, they definitely are like fuck. Uh, so hopefully, this is something they can kind of hang you, a hat on and build something. Around. You think you think it can hold a candle? No, can but maybe first, we can don't the know. First season hold a candle to the last season. Of what? Oh, this to the last season. Man, this is tough. Uh, Game of Thrones is such a... Th- these shows are the best of all time build their own worlds. This one has to create its own world out of source material. So not to say that the Game of Thrones is based on books, but I mean in the sense of like people are going to come into this show already with preconceived notions of what it is. People right. like us that didn't... I didn't read the books before I started watching Game of Thrones. It was like blew my fucking tits off. I hated Game of Thrones. Yeah. And it's like, this is a different thing. And maybe you'll feel the same way, but in this one, in Game of Thrones, I didn't have to go, who's this character? Why are these guys all wearing this mask? I didn't have to go do any work. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a barrier there. But for me, I'm excited to see where it goes. Chris, it was your first New York Comic Con, which is technically the second biggest con in the country. Yeah. yeah. We definitely got to get to D23. We got to get to San oh. Diego. Oh, mama, we do. Now we've already got the, we got the press passes. We got the clout. We know some names of some people. We're going to get there. <laughs> uh, all in all, how was your, how was, how was your, your, your whole 
thing. How how did you feel about the whole con in general? I've been going the last four years, so I've got more gripes every year. Yeah, I pitched it every, obviously I'm, earlier I'm the in the podcast. Guy. I pitched everybody and said, hey, go to this thing. Here's all the stuff about it. But if I said to say for me, super, super valuable experience. I mean, it's great. Not only the people that you get to meet and converse with, we met some really, really cool people just like sitting in panels or just like talking to somebody at a booth yep. or trying to haggle for something. Like you get to have some cool conversations. If you're not into that, if you're more, I'm super introverted, especially in large crowds, but kind of getting my groove by day three, I was able to have more conversations, be a little more open. Um, even if you're not into that kind of thing, like for me, I just love to be in there. I love that I got to see a freaking first appearance Spider-Man comic book, even though it was $47,000 and I couldn't afford it, they got to hold it. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, like things what like was, that. Uh, what was your favorite cosplay that you saw? Dude, this last day there was a dope Green Goblin. Like the guy went all out. Oh, like, that was a good I one. never thought Green Goblin could actually work. In re- I was like, no matter what, he either looks like a cartoon Green Goblin or he has to wear this weird power armor. He looked like an Alex Rock. This dude, Green he Go- did. Like he had almost like this yeah. medieval type like tunic. It looked like that almost looked like scales. And he did the full green nose and the green ears and the kind of long. And it made me think like and he had that stupid grin that I yeah big one his cheeks up. And I was like, you know what? Actually, if some dude was this. I would buy like if somebody had a mental break and thought they were this ugly creature goblin yeah, thing. He, they could turn guy. themselves into that. Like I love that. There was a dope carnage walking down the street one day up on stilts, and each hand was like a different weapon, and he held like a severed Spider-Man head. head. Yep, I remember that one. There was a couple. Uh, there were a bunch. I mean, the cosplay is unreal. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some best to the best. I there do. Lo- a- I do love. I do love that this year. They dedicated that whole upper area for the mm-hmm. cosplay. There they was gave a, them a whole, whole yeah. Like when you went up the stairs in this one giant room, there's basically a huge to, room just, just for be, cosplay. It used to just be for press. And then you go through that, and there's a press area where you show your past. No, but that whole upper there. area. No, no, I'm saying yeah, yeah. that was past this giant cosplay thing. Yeah, but the, which I thought I'm, was great. what I'm saying is like this year they brought they brought cosplay up in its own yes, area. I love that. I think it was so cool they yeah. got their own zone to kind yeah. of do like they did their own little like question and answers and sold some gear. Yeah, and, they had professional professionals there they, they also those, had like the so brother you know was what? there with the sewing machine i'll tell you that uh they had not, places where you could do photo not ops as many as the professional cosplayers i thought there would be when i've been to like salt lake for instance there's a whole big thing of just the professionals that show up that mm. address their characters like the ones you follow on instagram like those ones are there but this one they only like would show up for like an hour or two and then leave they didn't have like their own booths Probably, so i was like that's yeah. interesting that's interesting, but maybe they just want to show off what people can do. And there was a cool—I really liked on Sunday. There was this cool like gender flip yep. thing where like you were you were like encouraged to dre- gender flip a character. And like there was this dude dressed as Wonder Woman that was pretty bomb. But there was this there's this big oh, black guy, this giant black guy oh, yeah. dressed as Storm, Storm, and he had like this huge white mohawk and whited out contacts. And it was like I was like, dude, this is cool to it see was like, like dudes dressed as Storm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looked awesome. Like. It was a cool thing to say, because I've thought about that before. Like, I would love to do... There's certain characters that can be either way. And I mean, even for a great one, I think of what recently was in Batman Metal, mm-hmm. uh, The Drowned. That was a, an alternate reality where everyone's gender flipped. And so yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne is Bryce Wayne, and it's a chick. Yeah. And, like, it was cool to see, like, a Batman like that and then change. Like, you can do it. You can make little modifications. It's super cool. For me, I will say, even though I don't know you didn't ask me, the Did one, you enjoy yourself? <laughs> I enjoyed myself, but for cosplay, it's chaos. The one uh, cosplay that I just can't shake out of my mind is definitely that Pikachu. Oh my goodness gracious! Yes, I'm very on board with this whole. I'm very on board with it. I think that cosplay is not consent. All of that is so great. Yeah, I yeah. think that it lends up. There's dudes dressing up as Aquaman wearing freaking just thongs, and there's chicks dressing up like just letting it all hang out. 
it's great. You get to be yourself. You get to be free. Oh, that Birds of Prey crew was, was yeah. pretty good, too. You get to represent yeah. yourself and your character however you feel. And this chick was really representing Pikachu and no. basically nothing. I mean, it was like this little yellow, tiniest baby little leotard you ever saw in your entire life and some Pikachu ears. It was nuts. She was electrifying. It's dope. Yeah, it's definitely a dope show. And it's the dope that's show. Us. Yeah, that's us. Uh, but now, well, let's just wrap this up real quick. Yeah. Season three, we got a lot of stuff to oh come up. Oh my gosh, huge. But one of our biggest things that we're really excited about is every Tuesday on the Say app, we are doing trivia mm-hmm. for the month of October. We will be giving away a hundred dollars. Yep. To Amazon. Mm-hmm. Hundred dollar Amazon gift card. So we're still trying to plot it out, but it's gonna be a very quick thing. So sign up for the app, get there, look out for the Tuesday trivia. We'll pin it to the top. We're gonna ask you a que- a couple of questions. Uh, you answer first, right? You get five points. Second, you'll get three. And then third, you'll get one. And at the end of the month, we'll bring it all together, and the winner. Will receive one hundred dollars Amazon. Now yeah. here's the thing that we really want to talk about on this. You yep. might be saying to yourself, "Hey guys, what the hell is Say?" Mm. Oh, Say is a fantastic app that we uh, are proud to be a part of, and, yeah, and, and, and be uh, be working with. Um, Say is uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's basically a person to person. In the past, it's been person to person interaction so- app on your phone where someone you send a video to someone saying, "Hey, what's up? Good to see you." and they can send you one back. But unlike Snapchat and anything else, instead of being deleted, the videos create a stream. What makes Say different is that they are opening up to be an entire community engagement platform. So we can say, let's say in the next couple days, for instance, we'll say, hey, here's a topic thread about this panel at Comic-Con. Here's what I think. Brad, what do you think? Brad will send a video back, and then anybody in our community following us on there can watch what we've said and then make their own video and contribute. They can start talking to each other. We can talk to you directly. You can ask us a question, either myself, Brad, or both of us, and yep. we can send a video back. And you can go through the thread and watch every single video that's ever been in that thread to see if you agree. And we will be featuring the dopest con- uh, communication or, or conversations. Yes, absolutely. We will bring so, them on the show. Mm-hmm. We will air out your questions. We will answer them. We will bring it to the live. That's why Say uh, already has been like, we're, we're pretty new in using it, but why we enjoyed it so much already is just the engagement ability. Like, the ability not only for me and Brad to see each other's faces and talk to each other, but to like have people ask us questions and talk to us about our, our, our opinions or their opinions yep. and be able to directly say, hey, Sarah, thank you so much for that question. Or, hey, wow, I didn't even think about it like that. It's basically bringing the podcast you're listening right now saying, oh, yeah, I have a thought on that thing they in just real said. Time. Now you can say that thing to us, and we'll talk back to you about it. It's a great way for us all to engage uh, together, and uh, I think it's going to be really great. So if you don't, I just love, go uh, on and, to your – And I'll just say oh, this yeah. real quick. Like We did a test audience, and I love everybody that's participated in that test audience. Um, questions have been great, coming through quick. It just shows – a little bit more personality to us and our brand, and 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 we're we're really proud to be a part of it. So, definitely going to be do a bunch of that this season. There's so much more to come. This is probably going to be our biggest, best season. I think I'm I'm excited. I'm for so it. excited. 100 how, episodes how in the can, can baby. It. Yes, and one last thing on say just so I can do this. Uh, you're saying, oh great, so now I know what it is. How do I do it? Go on your phone, go to your app store, download Boom. say. Uh, if you're looking for it directly, it's called Say Fun Group Video App. Uh, there is a whale on it, Giant a blue whale. whale, white, and he's on a kind of a black, teal, and light green background. Boom. 
Download that. Uh, our community is going to be opening and featured soon, so be sure to hop on there and follow as well because you're going to get exclusive content okay. on there and exclusive content on here tying together. Damn right. And if you forgot, it's called G-Splash, baby. G-Splash is the podcast. The dopest podcast on earth. 100 down, 100 million to go. Bring on the cake. Oh, we did talk. We did celebrate, but we'll we'll talk. We'll bring we'll that back. back to that. Too much. Oof, did we? <laughs> Ooh, yo, yo, uh, yo, I'm Bradley yo, yo. Bax. This is my man, Chris Bucky Watts. That's me. We'll be back next week talking all about the dopest Gemini man and all the CGI errors. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, stick around. We got Splash Trash Man right dropping tomorrow with uh, the lovely Katie. Ooh, yeah. Can't wait. We'll see you next time, baby. Okay, Peace. Well, thanks for listening. Go. G-Splash. Hey. 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 Hey.